0: As you know, two weeks ago, we started a, um, a study on Sunday morning here um, about spiritual gifts. And last week, we talked about uh, ten, uh, 10 facts about spiritual gifts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, last week, we got through six of them and I'd like to finish up this morning with the, the last four. Well, fact number one, just so to catch you up in case you weren't here, you know, God wants us to know about spiritual gifts. He does not want us to be ignorant about those things. And then fact number two was spiritual gifts can be counterfeited by Satan. And you've heard me say many times that Satan um, is a master at his job. And then fact number three, there's a great variety of gifts. Fact number four, everyone is given a different gift or a cluster of gifts. Now, remember, all this is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in fact number five, all gifts are given for the common good. And in fact, number six was all the gifts are under the spirit's administration. Now, this brings us up to where we're going to start today. And that's fact number seven about these 10 um, spiritual gifts or facts about 10 spiritual gifts. And that is the Holy Spirit determines which gifts we get. The Holy Spirit determines which gifts we get. Now, every once in a while, people will misquote verse 31 um, of this chapter, which we'll get to in a second. And uh, they will encourage people to seek or to pray for some um, specific gifts. But folks, I want you to understand this, that the Holy Spirit isn't Santa Claus. You know, you don't just get to decide and order up which gifts you want. It doesn't work that way. You know, and the point is quite emphatic here in the text. In verse 11, I think I've got it printed somewhere there in your outline, says, He gives them to each one just as He determines. So it's not something that we order up. It's given to us by the Holy Spirit. You know, just as you have very little to say about whether you are tall or whether you're short or whether you have brown eyes or whether you have blue eyes or whether you have um, brown hair or whether you have um, blonde hair or you have clear hair like Terry Armstrong you know <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to you don't get to decide which spiritual gifts you receive you know God determines that and our task is to Let God be God. You know, get out of God's way. Let God be God to discover, to be thankful for, and to develop and do our very best with the gifts that that God has given us. You know, trusting that God knows what is actually best for us, and He knows what's best for the body. And I think if, if we're mature Christians, we would trust God in that respect. Now, What this means is, is we all have to learn to um, be team people. We have to be team players, you know, to play our assigned role. Now, for some people, that's really hard to do. But for some, they don't have any problem with that at all. Now, I've always loved being a part of the team. When I was in high school, I loved playing football. I loved playing baseball. I loved being in a situation where success requires people to work together. I like those kind of things. Um, That is one of the reasons that I come up with the idea many years ago about getting kids to work together. And as you've seen, it even works with adults too. Like the field skis, remember those things? You know, put three people on the same pair of skis, you will work together or you're not going to accomplish very much. You know, or like playing the tone chimes, remember those? Everybody has to work together and everyone is equally important. You know, I really, I like to win. I really like to win. Um, I'm probably not in the same league as Miss Gale yet, but I like to win. I don't like to lose. I don't like failure. You know, George Allen, he said this. He said, you show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. <laughs> but anyway, my point is this. The body of Christ, we have to do assessments of our gifts and then we have to do an assessment of our team, which our team is the church here. And you know, the truth of the matter is some of you have many gifts. Maybe at other churches or other times in your life or working with other organizations, you used some of those gifts because that is what the that particular group needed um, for you to do at that particular time. And Perhaps here at Cabin Swamp, we need you to develop some of those other gifts. Remember, the purpose of a gift is for the common good. Now, I'm really excited about the, the, the four husband and wife teams that we, we've got to help us with our Sunday night with our small kids. I'm really excited about that. You know, and it's the Spirit who determines what gifts we get. Now, think about how silly it would be for any. NFL team to start their opening game with all of their gifted receivers and their running backs playing the offensive line and all of the offensive line playing where the running backs should be played. It'd be a massacre. They'd get to, you know, they'd, they'd be slaughtered. They'd be a laughing stock. And yet over and over and over in the church, we play people out of position all the time. Bill Hybel said this, He asked, he said, can you imagine what a church would look like if all of the people who had gifts and leadership were allowed to lead? Or if all the people who had true gifts of encouragement and mercy were plugged into those encouragement and mercy ministries? And if all the people who had the ability to organize or gifts of teaching were allowed to organize the ministries and be teachers? He says, can you imagine what the church would look like if everyone who had gifts of service and gifts of giving took seriously their roles of supporting the church within their giftedness. Then he goes on to say, he says, what power, what impact such a congregation would have. Folks, the spirit of Christ determines what gifts we get. And if Christ is to be the Lord and the head of our church, We must accept that. And not only must we accept that, but we must delight in that. You know, and we need to build our ministries and our programs around the people that God has uniquely gifted to fulfill specific roles in this church. Now, in verses 12 through 30 here, Paul describes a church as the body of Christ. And if this was good enough for Paul to use in in his message, I want to use it too. 1 um, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 30. It says, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized um, by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would, not for, it, would not, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, and I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor, and the parts that we think are unpresentable, we treat with, with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that is parts shall have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles. Also those having gifts of healing, those able to heal others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of languages are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all work, are, do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? So fact number eight comes right out of this. The operation of the gifts are illustrated in the analogy of the body. Folks, again, the point is this. In the body of Christ We have a diversity of roles, but a unity of purpose. The body of Christ, you and I, you know, is many interdependent parts composing of one unit. And we need to look at the body of Christ that way. Fact number nine, we must guard against feelings of inferiority or of superiority in our giftedness. You know, don't ever think that Um, because your gifts are are not up front, you know, as gifts are other, that somehow you are less important or less essential to the health of the body. Don't ever think that. And certainly don't ever think that because you are up front, you know, because of your gifts are a little more showy than some of the others, that you are somehow more important or that you're indispensable um, to the body than others. Don't ever think that way. I want you to look back up at verse 26 here. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and that each one of you is a part of it. Folks, understand that every one of us is part of the body of Christ and every one of us has a specific role and every one of those roles are vitally important to the church Does anybody ever recall the name Dizzy Dean? You remember that name? Yeah, Dizzy Dean was probably one of baseball's greatest pitchers. But his career was just tragically cut short by a line drive that hit his big toe and ruined his arm. Imagine that? You might ask, well, how in the world would a broken toe ruin his arm? Well, back in those days when... um, A guy got a broke toe, they didn't sit out for two years. They had to keep playing, you see. And because of that broken toe, Dizzy Dean wasn't able to push off of the pitching mound like he should in his delivery of that baseball. And consequently, you know, he began to overcompensate um, on his pitching by using more of his arm and less of his whole body. And by the season's end, he was having elbow and shoulder problems a line drive that broke his toe ruined his arm and ended his career. How many times have we seen that in the church? Because the toe is injured or because someone um, gifted to be the toe wouldn't function as the toe and the other parts of the body got abused. How many times have we seen that happen? You know, And when that happens, Satan gains a foothold. And folks, God has a plan for each of us. Verse 12, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. Folks, we need to get a handle. We need to do an assessment of our gifts here. And finally, um, fact number 10, Verse 31, we talked about just a second ago, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now, when you look at this this verse, a little deeper, the Greek word here for desire is zelote, you know, from which we get the English word zealous, you know, and it's an intense word. It's translated in other parts of the Bible, uh, the Bible to pursue or to persecute. Well... In this verse, Paul is not commanding us here as individuals to desire or to seek some specific gift. For you English scholars and English gurus out there, this verb is a second person plural. In other words, you, the people of God, you, the church, are, collectively, uh, are to collectively, earnestly desire, intensely seek, Be zealous about these gifts of God. You discover them. You develop them. You use them. You as a congregation being just intense about allowing God to to express himself um, as each of you ministers to one another in that very unique way that God has designed for you by virtue of the gifts that he's given you. Folks, when it says you there, you plural, you as a, as a church. And next week, we're going to go back a little bit and we're going to look closely at, at some of these uh, specific spiritual gifts so that we can b- begin to identify the ones that we actually have. But this morning, folks, I want to challenge you with the words of Paul, and that is this, you as the people of God, As Cabin Swamp Church of Christ, be zealous about spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire to discover and to develop and begin to use the gifts that God's given you to minister to others. Just think, what would happen if every member of this church would become zealous about allowing God to minister to others? through our lives, according to God's design. Folks, we need to let God be God. And we need to get out of his way and do the things that he's asked us to do. Use the gifts that he's given us to use. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're grateful for the gifts that you've given us. And Father, we just ask that you help us to discover those gifts and use them in a mighty way for you. In Jesus' name, amen.